Hey, and welcome to the Rugby Report Card for another week. No uh, footy last weekend or next weekend. Cheers, New Zealand. Um, but we thought we'd get together, have a yarn, chat all the things going on in rugby. So we can Stay relevant, you know? Stay, stay relevant. Stay in your ears. You're right. Just interject during the opening, Jim. No nah, worries. it was going downhill. And now it was. You're not wrong. <laughs> so today I'm here with Jim. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Relevant. How are you? Um, slightly less relevant. Um, and then Richard, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, boys. So thank you for finally introducing me, Blake. I appreciate it. Well, Jim interrupted and we worked our way to it, but we got there in the end. Yeah, that's true. Uh, how's your day been, both of you? Good? Yeah, good day today. Yeah, great day. You? Good day? Yeah, not too bad. I'm excited by this, uh, the rugby championship that's that's coming up, the uh, the back-to-back games up in Queensland. Uh, uh, that got me up and about, obviously, after the disappointment of uh, uh, the game being called off in, in Perth, obviously, uh, this weekend. And, uh, what a shamozzle, eh? Mm. What an absolute shamozzle. It's that's embarrassing. A- that's a great word, shamozzle. I, I, I imagine Blake would have used a lot more uh, harsher descriptive words, wouldn't you, Blake? It's been a shamozzle. I'm with Jim. Um, I, but I'm with you, Richard, too. I think it's a great outcome in the end. The, the product we're staring down the barrel, double headers up in Queensland, hook it to my veins. Um, this is an Australian rugby's dream. Mm. Uh, and, and the one place the Wallabies can actually win. In Queensland. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is we've got a bit of a reputation up there. Why are we, why are we about to ruin it? Why do, we, why do we agree to ruin that? It's the one thing, one can carrot I, we had to get people tuning in. Can I ask, um, isn't it only, you only win at one of the three venues? Like, you know, you've never really played at Townsville, and I'm pretty sure you lost to Argentina in the Gold Coast or at some point as well. Yeah, yeah but surely, surely you push for the Suncorp games. <laughs> Um, well, boys, I, I, I threw out a Q&A out there into the world of Twitter. I love the rugby world of Twitter. It's, um, I find it's a really nice community, genuinely quite funny. Um, and then every now and then some sort of argument. I, I can't follow when they get arguing. There's too many notifications. So I miss it. Uh, but generally, I find it quite pleasing. Yeah. And I threw out, um, on Richard's advice, I threw out people to send us a couple of questions. So yeah. And I think Richard was operating under my advice there, but. <laughs> well, thanks, Jim. Well, you're a genius, Jim. And um, Richard, you plagiarizing bastard. But you, um, I was operating under your advice, but keep going. Um, so we've got some cracking questions. You Spit them out of me, man. I haven't fire fucking away. read them. All I can think about is who better equipped, who better informed with a background on business, stats, and general end-to-end rugby play than us to uh, to dictate, you know, the terms, the T's and C's on how this rugby championship should unfold in the weeks to come. What First you, off, Richard, but Richard, have, you, have you ever got a better assembled crew to answer these questions than us, Ray? What do you reckon? Um, yes, but I don't want to be disrespectful, so no, no, not at all, no. No, speaking, this... speaking of organised and disrespectful, I just loaded up all the questions on my phone just died. <laughs> Why don't we run it like this, Blake? You can be the on-field ref. Well, Richard, because yeah. you're not that jazzed, you can go touchy and oh. I'll go TMO so you can throw it to me when you guys got no fucking idea. <laughs> I don't understand the format or how that's going to work. Oh. I'm just thinking that Blake, uh, the gym's going to interrupt at, every, at, at some point and just go, check, check, 
Check. Sorry. Could, could you check that, please? <laughs> well, if it's any, if it's in any of the same vein as we've watched the rugby, I'll be answering every question before you guys answer any question. Well, just you just in first, Jim. Interrupt. And and will you go once we make a point, you'll go check, and then you'll come in and you'll just agree with what I say. Yeah. And then yeah. We'll just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. You've you've watched a few games, haven't you? I'm not on my board because this is, first of all, you clearly can't see this, but we're on Zoom at the moment and uh, there are other versions available. But watching Blake uh, move around the house trying to find a charger is hilarious. Mm. I'm good. I'm good, boy. But I guess we should say, right, as we record this, the rugby championship post the next Bledisloe test has been confirmed. It's just the the time Mm. of when Australia play New Zealand. I think Perth is cemented but not cemented, if you know what I mean. Yeah, correct. So as it was posted yesterday by Rugby Australia, um, it is obviously booked in at Optus Stadium, but not sure of the date yet. And then mm. round three all kicks off on um, um, uh, 12th of September with uh, Kiwis, Argentina and, and uh, South Africa, Australia. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's fucking, how hard has it been staying on top of this fucking back and forth? Sherlock could be flat out figuring it out. It's been real tough. Cancelled, not cancelled. I've read articles about them getting divorced, likening them to an old married couple. It's been tough, man. I think you're doing a disservice. There's been so much action down at Baker Street, mate. They got it all nailed down, mate. They got it nailed down. Is that that a Sherlock reference, Baker Street? Yes, it is. Yeah, I've never read a book, man. You called me on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As the on-field referee, let's get this thing going. So they've just announced the format for the uh, Super Rugby. I'm sure you two are both across it for next season. Um, if you need the on-field ref to, to talk what I think it is, I'm more than willing. But DB Cooper said, what would our preferred format be if we were deciding? Um, he suggested 10 New Zealand teams, mm. five Aussie teams. It replaces the MPC, full round robin and a four or 16 playoff. What do you think it is? Um, and what would your preferred format be for Super Rugby? Uh, I'm going to go to the touchy first, see if we can sort this out on the field. Um, and if we can't, we'll throw to you, Timo. Well, firstly, is, uh, uh, sorry, just, just to clarify, I, I'm, I'm the touchy, yes? Yes. You're the touchy, You're the touchy man. Uh, I think what, what excites me, first of all, is that, uh, that we do have a Moana Pacifica and a, and a, a Fijian uh, team in there. I think that really excites me, and I think for the growth of the game, um, I think that's really important. Um, my concern is obviously still with that is whether that's a grooming ground or um, or whether how competitive those games are. Um, do I understand the reasoning for the for the five franchises for each of them? However, my concern is still I don't know how competitive all those games are going to be. Um, so I know we've we've touched on this before. I think four franchises for for the uh, obviously the Australian system would be great. I'm not saying who we get rid of, or we're not going down that 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 track again. Um, but I think other than that, I think I quite like the the, the format as it is at the moment. Yeah, so the, so the one that was announced, um, just to clarify, was the five Aussie teams, the five Kiwi teams, and the two um, additional sides. Yeah. Um, and it was a straight round robin. Everyone plays each other once with three additional games. Australian mm-hmm. rugby was pushing for those to be derbies, um, but the Kiwis were off that because it thought it gave our team an unfair advantage towards the finals because they're playing weaker opposition. Um, so they want that just sort of randomised throughout the year. So that's the format that they've gone with. Um, you've just, played... to add to, just to add yeah. to that, sorry, sir, to interrupt, just to add to that, it would have been nice to have a Japanese team 
I think in there potentially as well. What are your what are your thoughts? You know, good time slot. We've just watched the Olympics, etc. Have a have a Japanese team in there as well. What what are your your thoughts? Um, I don't love it. Uh, have you have you referred on to the? Oh, third? Look, I'll refer on, but then I get the final say, bitches. Yeah, um, look, so get in there, get in there, yacht piper. I think it's I think it's the time lag, man. It's too far of a travel. You know, Japan's not close. As much as the the time slot does align, that ten hour trip, like the boys go over there and take the piss, mate, don't they? Mm. They do. If you're interested, if you're interested, they do. It's just like I think you got to keep it local. I think what's working so far is that localized tournament. I was jazzed about the domestic. I was jazzed about the Kiwi domestic too. And as soon as that disbanded and they tried to make it a menage a trois, it went downhill. Um, so I think. I would be hesitant to rush into the format in which DB Cooper suggested, especially when things are still tentative, man. Are we going to watch next year? Who's tuning in? We don't know. Things are still up in the air because of COVID and whatnot. There's been so no they momentum. announced the format, Jim, which is five Aussie, five Kiwi. No, yeah, yeah, I got that. I was, I was saying DB. I like how it is now. Let's see how that plays out. All right, Richard's got his hand up. Touching, throwing the flag up. Get in exactly. There. I've just put the flag up just to, it's just say I've seen some foul play at some point, so I want to jump in here. Um, <laughs> what is um, in terms of the format that was suggested by you? I, I understand it, but there just seems too many games as well. I'd love to know what his overall format is. I think we've got to make sure that we di- don't dilute the product too much. It doesn't become too um, uncompetitive as well. Too, so. too sobering. We yeah, want to get blind. Yeah. yeah. Look, to me, it sounds like DB Cooper's a Kiwi fan who just wants to watch a lot of Kiwi teams. Um, the, the one thing I do like about his setup is it probably makes it competitive by diluting the Kiwi teams to their NPC sides and playing our super ugly sides. It probably even, it does actually end up a fair and even competition, but it does end up a New Zealand competition. Yeah, very top heavy. There for fun. In terms of the competition that's just been announced, I think it's down the line fair. Um, good time zones, five and five with the two additional teams. It is like I can see where it's a logical decision and it ticks every box. And in 2004, you could convince me that this is ideal. Um, and when you spoke about Japan, Richard, I love all that. And, and as a fan, I always want to bring those teams in. But what I think happens, Paguares, Sun Wolves, expanding, even the Argentina and the Rugby Championship, what I think it happens is there's a honeymoon period where those teams perform well and they're competitive and that's enough to be exciting. And then there's a point where they just don't win um, and it's not that exciting. So what I think of, what I think about the current format, I think it's a fair one, but I don't think it's a particularly fun one hmm. and I think it does nothing for Australian rugby at all. I think the Everything other thing that too... Was good last year was the Australian Super Rugby domestic competition this season of us getting equally whooped by the Kiwi teams every two weeks is, is a piece of shit. Um, and I understand why they came up with this format and I understand why it's logically a good decision. And if somehow we were as good as the Kiwi teams, great. We're just not. And we came on this podcast two weeks ago and said the problem is we fucking lose every week. Well, we're just going to keep losing under this format. And that's where I agree with you, Richard, that we probably don't lose if we're three or four sides, but I don't think that's a can of worms you're ever going to solve. No. Um, so that's a problem. Jim has put his hand up. Timo's just came in my earpiece. Sorry, Matt. Yep. Sorry, yeah, check, check. Yeah, just what I'm picking up from the bird's eye view angle up in the box and checking on the replays is when you mix in all those Haguares teams and all those teams 
from a, from across the way over in South Africa is a big part of the game that we're not selling is the actual plays, making stars out of the players. So you're tuning in to see how that player performs. And I'm talking about the average punter, the average taxpayer, the average voter. Um, they're, they're tuning in to watch the sport that they don't really understand, but if they know a few one or two players, that gives them another level of it to watch. So when you throw and blend and mesh with all these international teams, they go, who the fuck's this, man? I don't know. So yeah. I think I think the whole selling of the stars, you know, it, it sounds lame, but sell the stars of the game. Give them another level to watch. That's what I'm picking up from up here, guys. Thanks. Back to Thanks, you on the mate. field. Well, look, I'm going to throw to Matachi here. Next question is from Alex. If there was one rule from the past, and I'm actually really interested in Richard's answer here because I think me and Jim will think it's something dumb. Um, I think Richard will be well thought out here. So I'm going to ask Matachi. There's one rule from the past. Um, Alex wants to know, what would you bring back, Tachi? I'm calling you on the field here. You can make a decision. Jeez. Um, do you know what? It's not a rule from the past. It's a rule from an age group. What about your thoughts about to speed up the game and to stop the, the stoppages? What about like uh, the, the what you did when you were a kid, like the rolling subs kind of idea that... Uh, if you go down injured, instead of having five, ten minutes, if you just sit in there getting a calf stretch, go with someone on and to, to speed the game up. I know the it's rugby league approach. style. Yeah, like an interchange kind of uh, thing. Like you do when you're a kid, like when you play under 15s, you know, it's like, I think you're allowed 12 interchange or under 13s, you're allowed as many as you want, something stupid like that. But I don't know. Or the other rule that potentially, you know, we're all five metres back from a scrum now. What about let's get them back up on the... Uh, on, on the um, um, on the back foot, and then let's actually um, reduce the space and try and uh, try something that show, show a bit more creativity rather than having that extra that extra ten meters to run between. Maybe those two as a suggestion. All right, uh, TMO thoughts for for uh, what rule would I bring back? Old rule. I've seen you ref, so I'm not convinced <laughs> that this is going to have any accuracy to it. Um. Reduce the softness on the highs. There you are, the high tackles. That's, a, that's, that's all you exactly got. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> it's the most obvious answer to that solution, right? The dude who tweeted that in surely knew we were going to say that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other than that, I don't really know too many disbanded rules. They've more evolved. Mm. That's, that's, that's where I'm going to leave you. Back to you on the field. Mate, I, I, I actually don't. I think Richard's had a genuine crack at that. He hasn't. He's done well, too. Buys. I think we're out of line on that one. But but there's something to be said about that getting right. I don't know. I'd have to really think about this one. It's tricky. The game is so precariously poised. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap out. I can't think of anything. I think they want us to say bring back rucking, but I don't want to bring back any of that dumb shit. Um, no, breaking, no, absolutely not. No, if, I think in many I'm... ways, yeah, the rules have gotten better. Um, all right, well, the next question from Jack Norton. Can I ask just, just what, what are you, what would your thoughts be if we went back like, super far back? And because the origins, I don't even know this because like how we studied it, like in terms of one of our year 12 subjects was history of sport. What about if you go back to the old origins of, of a sorry, trial? can I just interrupt? That's fucking all time. Yeah, it was a really good subject to, 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 to teach, actually. But anyway, um, what about go back to the, the original concept of the, the, a try meant that you didn't get your five points or it was an opportunity to take to have a try at, at kicking at the posts. And if you made your kick, then you were awarded your post, your, your score, your, you got points afterwards. That is the most Northern Hemisphere thing I've ever heard <laughs> anyone say. More goal kicking is what rugby needs. More emphasis on goal kicking. Oh, you Get think out of here, Richard. 
I can see I thought you might say that. <laughs> uh, all right, next question from Jack Norton. Um, we can't live with New Zealand. We can't live without them, clearly. But did the events of last week show that they don't give a fuck about Australia, given what we conceded to play in Eden Park two weeks in a row, two years in a row, we've had all the games in New Zealand, we bend at the knee for them, whatever they want. Is it clear that they don't care about Australian rugby? Probably. You know what? The relationship is not one that is a business one, you know? It's more owner and dog than anything else, isn't it? It's like they've sort come here, boy, come here. So we went over there. Now stay. We stayed two weeks. And then now we go. Said, we go to we the left. And now the dog's asking them to come over. But then they don't listen to the dog. The dog listens to the owner. That's what it sounds like to me. We can't live without them. True. But we can give them, we can give, we've got tactics. There's things we can do. We can shit on their fucking carpet and stuff. Piss in the corner of the corridor. You know, typical dog acts. Um, but yeah, that's what it looks like. They have all the hand and so they should, man. They're, we're no competition for them. The fact that we, our encounter still sells out a stadium. <laughs> Blows my mind. Um, but for the love of rugby, right? For the love of rugby. I think you need to remember, I think you're being a bit harsh. I agree with that. The sentiments are very descriptive um, analogy. But I do feel the fact that the All Blacks do actually need and need a competitive Wallaby team. And whatever is said, you know, games are sold out or close to sold out because an All Black Wallaby game is still important. So if, mm. if Australia disappeared, it would be a huge hole that the All Blacks would need to fill. So you do need each other, whether it's a 50-50 split in their relationship. No, it's probably not. It's more of a 60-40. But do you think they're mistreating us, Richard? Do you think they're forgetting that they need us? I agree with you, right? I don't Mm. think um, a Kiwi domestic comp in its fifth year is that exciting. Uh, And I don't think the All Blacks playing South Africa in crappy time zones is going to you know, do the job every single year. They need us and they need us to be competitive. But do you think they're doing nothing? They're doing everything they can to ensure we're not competitive? Uh, no, I don't agree with that. The only thing I do, I do believe was was disrespectful was the fact is that, that it was leaked through social media, the fact that the game was cancelled. I thought that was disrespectful. I feel like especially if everything is to be believed in, in the media, that you've had a conversation and that wasn't alluded to and then a half an hour later or whatever it was that that's been released, I think that's disrespectful. But I don't think I agree with your sentiment completely overall. Ah, ah, get out of here. <laughs> All right, next question from the willful one. Um, Will, and this pisses me off, uh, but it's not wrong. When will Australia accept that we are seventh in the world and destined to stay there? I might jump in straight away as the on-field ref here and say, go fuck yourself, willful one. Um, I think the reason I'm getting so upset is uh, it's spot on, and I think we are. And I think the problem with Australian fans, uh, and I did this when I did some trivia the other night, when was the last time we won the Bledisloe Cup, 2002? How old was I then? For my formative years of being a kid, you know, before you're introduced to girls, and the only thing that matters is sport, we were sensational at rugby. We weren't just competitive. We were top of the world. And you can't let that go. I see the Wallabies in those rose-coloured glasses. Where were you top Uh, of the world, sorry? I'd I'd probably confidently from 98 till 2003, I know what you're going to say, dickhead, Uh, from 98 (laughs) to sort of five-year period there, Uh, not quite till the end of 2003. Um, (laughs) 
we were bloody strong. And and if you think about it, you know, I was, you, Jim, you would have been the same. We were nine to 13 or 14 then when, when rugby was life. I can't forget that. It's in my bones. And you still hold them to that standard, don't you? That standard. And, and I just don't think I can't ever stop holding him to that standard. Hmm. And then you see a glimpse of it every now and then and you dream and you think it's yeah. And in the same nature, right, if we're our seventh and just be happy with seventh, they're three Italian dudes just sitting somewhere on the coast, just doing a podcast every week, blowing up that they're fucking shit and hard done by when they, when they come round to that six nations comp. <laughs> Is definitely it the not. same setup? No, definitely not. Well, they're just stoked they're competitive. It's just blowing up. No, they're laughing, man. They're winning golds, winning soccer tournaments. They get nothing to worry about. Winning Eurovision. Yeah, a few victories. Um, so I think the reason that comment hurts is we probably are there. If you look at us historically, a brief period in the late 80s, early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, we were sensational. Outside of that, we probably do hover, hover anywhere from fourth to seventh. Um, and it's about right for us. I just can't accept it and I won't accept it. As, a, as an outsider, as a touch judge and a pom, what do you reckon, Richard? Yeah, I think, I think seventh is harsh. I think the, the world, world rugby is completely evolving, but I think the level of competitiveness from two to seven um, has always been very, very strong, as you've said before. And I think you're a slide, you slide up and down that depending on how successful your year has been. I don't think you should ever accept the fact that you should be seventh or sixth. You always want to strive to it, but I feel like you need to change maybe your expectations, but that's being objective as lover of your team you always want them to be the best and strive for the top and then when they let you down you get angry accordingly so i don't think you should ever accept being seven um but yes being from two seven is more uh, is more realistic but can you see see the difference though when you have that seventh mindset um and let's say let's say i'm scotland or i'm going to go one a little bit argentina to be competitive against the bockies is mm. a feat mm. I don't think Australian fans will ever accept that. No, and they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. I don't even think, and, and, but that's just the, 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 because you have history. And I think when we talk about lots of teams. Sorry, Matt, you're success. dropping out of my comms That's here. what you want to get back to. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I'm, you're a, I'm not picking you up in the box. No, we aren't. You're dropping in and out. <laughs> but you were making yeah, a no, I don't really know whether you're trying to be funny or not. No, it was a little from column A. Yeah, from column absolutely. A, we hear you. <laughs> um, no, I said when you have, uh, like in many sports, when you have a team or a country that is, is has a history of success, you always that you have that desire to get back to it. So even if like Italy or whatever have never been at the upper echelons like Australia have, and so you're always striving to it, and that's what hurts the most. Yeah. Because you you strive towards it, and then when you let get when you get let down, that's what causes the pain. And we've all been there there in, in certain scenarios. So I get your point um, about yeah, being about seventh, but you're not really seventh. You're somewhere between that two and seven, but it's always going to hurt when you when you don't win. I get that completely. All right, next one, boys. You two will be well served to answer this, being born in the Northern Hemisphere. If Australia did a British and Irish Lions-style tour each year uh, for our European um, trips, so instead of visiting countries, we visited one country uh, and you played three international tests against that one country and midweek games against their teams, for example, Ireland, Munster, Leicester, Leinster. Um, which country would you like Australia to tour? All right. Can I take that first, Jim? Yeah, take it, Touchy. 
Um, I think that it's it's an easy one. Um, and this is going to be a strange answer because of my heritage. But I'd actually like to see it as you talk France. And the why I say France is because of, think of all the glamour fixtures that you're going to play from the stars from the rest of the world. You know, Australia versus Toulon versus, you know, Stade Francais, whether it's, you know, those midweek fixtures. You know, that that's that's another test match. And I feel like it would be, it would add such fervour to the world rugby because, you know, you've got the, you're playing Wallabies versus Cheslin Colby's French team. You know, you've even got some of the Aussies, like Jack Dempsey's going over to Powell, you know, not that I'm suggesting you play Powell, but, you know, that that level Aussie v Aussie in a game. I just, I just feel like that that would be a, a, a great one. Doesn't you know, it sound fun? Yeah, it does. And there's good backup destinations after France if you do it every year, every second year, or whatever the, mm. the structure looks like, because even England would be outstanding. Ireland yes. would be outstanding. Um, it, what else is there? Italy. It's like a cricket setup, isn't it? Rather than your traditional rugby yeah. hopping between the countries. Something cool about it. Yeah. And, and if you wanted to feel good about yourself, just go and play Treviso and Benetton in, in, in Italy and have a great time on the Amalfi Coast, yeah? See, mm. that's what I'm worried about when you said France. Surely the boys are just eating all of the fucking croissants. Yes, the mate. Wines, and the Bordeaux. I mean, Fuck yeah. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Rugby comes second in that scenario. And then, you know, the thing is, it's almost a trap because they fall in love with the estates. So they sign up to the teams they're versing. We never yeah, see them again. It, scrap the idea. We'll lose all <laughs> our players. <laughs> Rain it in. Um, on that note of uh, drinking wine and eating cheese, Sam Hawkins asks, Jim, I don't really understand the question. Who do you reckon is the best schooner in the Wallaby squad? I don't know if you mean sinks the best schooner or is the best schooner. The so best schooner. Could you answer both for me? I'm not. I'm not totally across it. But if you can, can... I ask, what does that mean? And I'm going to be really stupid. What does what? I know schooners a drink. I could totally get that. But well, the best... you're on the same level as us, Richard. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get it either. We don't get it either. Good question, okay. but best schooner. Who do I think would sink one? I'm going to go with who do I think would sink the best. It's got to be Harry Wilson, I reckon. He's got that face. Uh, no. He's got that. He's got that. Still, that baby fat. You know, when you lift heaps of weight, but you still polish a few schooners on the Saturday and Sunday, you're carrying an extra layer of fat outside the muscle. He's got that physique to me. So I'm going with Harry Wilson as the best schooner. What do you reckon, Richard? No, I reckon Michael Hooper looks at everyone and goes, "Fuck you, boys!" It's like I'm your captain. I'm today. If you can't beat me in a in a uh, in a schooning uh, competition, then you're not on the team. I reckon Michael Hooper will kick everyone's ass. I reckon it's got to be one of the Queensland boys. Young squad, that'd be another drink. I reckon I, I reckon Harry Wilson isn't the worst shout I've ever heard. I'm going to bet it's got to be one of the big boys. Salakai, they all love him. <laughs> I, reckon reckon he's he's be out, I reckon he's going to be able to sink some piss and that's why he's getting picked. His completion rate, well, he plays hungover, doesn't he? Um... <laughs> That's good. I enjoyed that. Oh. <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm sifting. I'm sifting. I like there wasn't a one. There must be one about something about a, a, a player or something. Surely. Well, next one is: Should the next player to chuck a cutout pass for the Wallabies be dropped for the rest of the series? Thoughts? Um, no, because it's hilarious to watch you two rant about it. So play on, boys. Jim, you got to earn respect before you go out wide. I'm a traditionalist in that sense. So if they earn their respect and then throw the card out, then it's fine. So it's all about context for me. Mate, I was bringing shades of Brett Kamali back. That's how off the cutouts I was. But deep down, 
I am that atrocious 5'8 who still throws cutout passes at touch football. Um, I've got a soft spot for him, and I always will. Uh, next question from Jay. Uh, should Hooper still be Wallaby's captain? Now, I've seen this come up a bit, and the argument tends to be clearly he is an exceptional player, probably the best player in the Wallaby 23. I think we could all agree to that. For the last he's, four. But his record as a captain is our worst ever. Uh, does sort of consistently make poor decisions. Hasn't ever managed the refs very well. Tell you what, does a fantastic press conference. Doesn't he? Um, is it time for a new captain? I know my views on this. Um, what do you boys think? I'm going to yeah, go look, I, my TMO. What do you think? I think it's it's just his turn, right? Well, you blame everyone in the inner circle, and it's just it's about time we come back to the captain. He's clearly the fucking biggest workhorse and puts the most in week in, week out, gives a shit to proper heart on the sleeve stuff. I think the only point you get him is the is the decision making that he does. But I refuse to believe in a professional setup like that, that it's not a conversation had before the game. It has to be. It's way too of a strategic sport for it to not be discussed. It's not just whatever Hooper wants. It's not like that. And if and, and the right captain, a good captain, wouldn't want it to be like that either. Everything needs to be consultation. Essentially, you're just the representative on the field for that point in time who, who discusses shit with the ref and everyone trusts you to do so. And I think he does a fine job at that. I think he's a stand-up citizen, best player in our squad, no doubt. And that shit about talking to the refs and doesn't have a good rapport, you're not there to fucking hold hands, man. You're not there buying his kids Christmas gifts. You want to know why you're sending my friend off, man? What's going on? And from all accounts... We'll take the scrum, thanks. Can sink a schooner. Richard, what do you reckon? Hooper captain or not? Yeah, I actually feel he's doing a bit... He's he's, uh, being a bit hard done by. Uh, I think it's really hard to measure how successful a captain is because it's all predicated on how good your team is collectively. And I don't think he has the players, so I don't think he's... It's fair to judge his record. In terms of his decision-making or whether to take the points or go for the scrub, et cetera, I think it's really easy to always focus on the things that don't go well rather than celebrate the things that do. You know, we always like to play, you know, what-ifs moments. Um, and so I think, you know, if we actually ran the stats on, you know, the positive decisions he made if he took the gamble and we scored as opposed to the ones that didn't, I don't know how much, how heavily it would weigh on him poorly. Mm. Um, and I also think at the moment, it's also hard to, to measure... The, a culture that he's created, the respect he has in it, um, all those things that are unseen on the training field, in the sheds, et cetera. Um, and for all accounts, everyone speaks so positively about him. And I remember going back to, I think, uh, Tate McDermott spoke um, after one of the games in the front series and said that not only is he a, a great player, but he's, he also is a great bloke. And I know that's mm-hmm. only one piece of evidence, but I feel that that probably transcends the entire group. And as such, I believe he's probably the best person yeah. for the job right now. Be- best player, best leader, and can sink a schooner the best. But um, the fact that the best quality he's got on why he should be captain is the fact that he keeps showing up, man. He could have been making <laughs> squillions in France. Instead, he still cha- he still chooses to come down and play for us. I, I agree with both of your arguments wholeheartedly. Um, I, I, he should absolutely be the Wallabies captain, and I will stand up and sing the anthem with Michael Hooper. However... Uh, and this isn't a point of me contradicting it, but Ben Smith came out and said this. Now, I don't actually know if it's Ben Smith, the rugby player, or just someone called Ben Smith. You never know. But I'm going to go with the rugby player. 
Um, said at the end of the last game, Wallabies All Blacks, quote, the All Blacks will watch back the tape of moments and think this Wallaby team is full of quitters. So when they dial up the pressure, they will break. I f- refuse to believe that that's Ben Smith. He sounded like a nice accountant to me, but apparently he's a dick. Um, is, that, is that a culture? Like sport is a culture. Um, and when you look at those clubs, whether it's the Crusaders or Melbourne Storm right now in the rugby league, that is just a winning culture, which is bred. It's fascinating, hey? It is fascinating. And I guess what I'm, what I'm posing to you, if that is the All Blacks' view of the Wallabies, and it's hard to imagine it isn't the view, is it very hard to, about the culture? I think it's very hard to distinguish between a bunch of quitters and someone that's not used to getting over the, over the, the line for a win. And I think that's two very separate conversations. I don't ever believe that the Wallabies are a bunch of quitters. I just don't know. I don't think they know how to win and the processes that they go through. And that's hard to learn, obviously, when you're in a, in a losing culture. And that's such a sports psychology focus in terms of that role, role learned behavior. Uh, but I would never think they're a bunch of quitters. I just think they need to learn to win. Yeah. And you saw all that from the sideline, did you? Uh, I, I, quitters is a harsh don't go harsh me buddy I, I agree with you too I'm just trying to bring in a little fucking dispute quitting quitting is, quitting is not the word the word is belief man do they have the belief in themselves to bounce back so when they see fucking Will Jordan run down the sideline in the back of their minds they've been seeing that for ages and they've been losing every single game so the belief that they have in themselves to come back and win is just not there which is why when we see them perform in the last 10 minutes of the game, because the beliefs, you don't need belief to perform well when you're losing by 50 points. It's all about just st- sticking to your basics and sticking to the routines of which they can do. It is that mental aspect of they don't have the belief as a squad that they can beat the All Blacks when they're down one try. Yeah, Neither yeah. Do I. And you know what? Neither fucking do I. So that's why when they score the first try, it's, it's over, man. Yeah, no, no, I'm not for it. but that's where you need your Michael Hooper to pick the points mm. up. And 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 do we have the evidence that he is? I think but, he is. I just don't think they're, they're cash and checks. How many times can you pick him up too? And I think it's also you need to take a step back. We played in teams where you had a forwards coach, you had a forwards leader and like a backs leader. I think you can't just pin it on one guy. Yes, he's the focal point because he's the captain. I totally get that, and you need to have a head. But you need to be part. I know this is such a wanky thing to say in terms of a leadership group, but you do need to have you know, your disciples throughout, you know, talking about the same message. And I hope that that, that is the case. And Hooper is the Messiah, Richard. Well said. Mm. Um, next next question. Um, I'll summarise it from Troy. Um, basically, the French series was amazing. Super Rugby was amazing. Trans-Tasman sucked. Bledisloe, not interesting. Why do we keep playing New Zealand so much? Um, I guess I can do the quick version of that because we don't need to wade into it. They're our neighbours. Mm. They we got us a, on a leash, man. They've got, got us on answer. a leash. We have a storied history with them, and COVID really limits your options. Do you know what my answer is? Cash, mate. You need people to turn up to venues, fill it out. You're only filling it out for an all-black game, mate. There's a lot yeah. of Kiwis floating around this country, isn't there? Yep. Um, all right, next one. I quite like this one. Um, who would be your Wallabies back three in the next game? Would you play Karevi? Is Darren Coleman the Waratah's messiah? Why don't we leave that one and we'll just do the first two for now. So back three and Karevi. Um, I'm going to throw my touchy. Rich, what do you reckon? Um, 
Karevi question is depends on how fit he is. I know that's a silly thing because you just come from sevens, but sevens is such a different game compared to... Yeah, he doesn't episode. drink, Samu Karevi. Oh, good job. Well done. Um, it, it depends on how, he's, how he is physically and also how he fits into that setup. If he checks all the boxes, then yes, I feel he needs to play. In terms of back three, I'd like a change. I really like that idea. We spoke about a couple of weeks of potentially playing Tom Banks at fullback uh, in, uh, sorry. Um, Patea. No, uh, no, either Patea or even Tom Wright at fullback, um, potentially rather than Tom Banks. I know he's going off to uh, Japan, but I still like Corabetti on, uh, on one wing. Um, and I also like Kellaway on the other wing. I just, uh, I think I'd like to, to change the fullback around. Yeah, look, I, I reckon Kellaway for 15. If you're going to make a drastic move for the third test, that's the one to make. Um, Tom Wright shat the bed this whole series, so I'd be very hesitant to throw him in anywhere at this point. I don't want to shatter his confidence. He needs to write off another successful Super Rugby campaign or just go over on the European leg if it does occur and get some confidence back. But, of course, I'm running Marika on the wing. Um, Kellaway to fullback as a trial because he's been Mr. Consistent, as we know. Like to see him with a little bigger responsibility than the wing. And then on the other one is where I'd like to see the Patea. Just get game minutes, man. Just play more games where you don't get injured. Get that confidence level up because that's it's just it's ruining the narrative that is. I'm going wild here. I'm going Patea at fullback. Um, he's got no, no minutes there. I just reckon he needs to be on the field. Um, Kellos probably makes more sense, but I want Patea at fullback. Kellaway on a wing, he's making it his own. I want him to keep it. Um, and then I want Vunavalo. He clearly is going to be the future Wallaby winger. Um, How old is he? Him there. Um, I, don't, he's, I don't think he's particularly old. Um, I'd say coming into his prime. And then if if any of them are out or unavailable, um, I'm seeing if Parise is available because my centre pairings are Paisami and Karevi. That answers question two. Um, I'm just going out now. Firepower. Our back line hasn't fired. Um, yes, defensively, you've got combination issues, but fuck, we're leaking 50 points anyway. Um, so let's just go. That, that's just what to, I do. I'm just on a bit bit out there. Just to add to your point about uh, Patea, though, as much as he's defended a lot, I seem to remember, at, in the 15 channel at times. So as much as he's may not been named there, I think he's got enough experience to, to step into that. So I quite like that shot as, a, as for him to play that role. And I think uh, his elusive his elusive running for fifteen would be a benefit too. Yeah, uh, look, we're we're not short of talent back there, but we're short of an out and out fifteen. Um, anyone you can trust at this point, but we're not short of wingers, so it's an interesting. We're so we're short of diversity in that position. We've got genuine talent, but a good receiving, running, kicking, passing back three across the board is what we haven't had in a long time. Yeah, picking options. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Darren Coleman, is he the Waratahs Messiah now? He's just won for LA. Um, we know he's got hell of a record on him. Is he, well, you do, do you see the coach of that glitter team or whatever it is? Yeah. Glitterness. Man, yeah, I could have and- made you show it with the balls pumped. It's the boys, the boys' last dance. Meeks, Gitto, Cooper, Dennis. He just pumped the balls, guys. Everyone relax. Um, Been around the block well- a few times, man. Yeah, but his, record, his record within the shoot shield is pretty good. I, 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 that's what we need to remember. Yes, there's not much potential coaching that went on in, a, in the LA team, but he's got a history and I hope he develops and that link between the shoot shield and the super rugby improves. But I, I feel like the Messiah is, is a little bit too much. 
Um, <laughs> let's be honest. Who are the disciples? Yeah. Um, I, look, I don't think I don't think Clive Woodward could do anything with that task team. And that, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I was. They just yeah. keep announcing her. Uh, we've just signed other bum who sucked last year, um, and we've also signed another bum who sucked two years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know how anyone's going to do anything with that squad. They're three or four signings off being a decent squad. Um, no, but he'll be held to the sword. He'll be held to that grand standard where they're supposed to beat the Brumbies and the and the. Well, that's the, the question with the Tars. We thought Gibson might be avoided that um, harsh criticism because everyone knew how bad of a, a deck of cards he was dealt, and he wasn't spared. So will uh, will Coleman be spared, or he? Receive the same fate. The Tars aren't that. They just need a, a few extra signings. Um, next question from Brumby's boy. How old, mate? Um, God, this cast your mind back. Who was the biggest bum in Super Rugby AU? This year? Yeah. And the next comment was leave Newsom alone. So you can't go Newsom. Uh, actually, it probably wasn't Newsom. He was all right. He just became synonymous with picking on someone. God, you've got to cast your mind back pretty far here. I'm going to go. I'm going to start. Give you boys a chance to marinate. I say Matt Tamua, just atrocious. For super rug, from Super Rugby no, era. Not in not in Super Rugby. He kicked his Super goals. Rugby AU in the yeah, Super Rugby he, AU this he year. He kicked his goals. He kicked his goals. That was a game plan, man. Yeah, that was all they did in the Rebels team. That's exactly what I'm saying. They, yeah, they but he did his job. Uh, well, come on. Who you boys got there? You coming gonna, at me? I'm going to give you maybe maybe two Waratahs just because I feel it. Potentially uh, either Jack Maddox or Marky Mark didn't really live up to either of their expectations. No, I can't argue with that. They're actually much better than mine. <laughs> they both stunk. Yeah, I know. Jim? Jim? Yeah, look, I'm drawing a blank here, man. I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. Feels like um, a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And I, I, oh, I would have had one fresh on the tongue back in the day. Give me, give me, a, give me a minute to marinate. I'll just interject at a random moment. Just yell it out, Jim, when you're feeling it. Um, all right, everyone talks about a kangaroos versus all black hybrid match. How about a wallabies versus New Zealand warriors match? Um, Who are you throwing to, Blake? And then the idea was so that it can raise money for New Zealand rugby league so they can start poaching New Zealand rugby union players to dilute the pool in New Zealand. I quite like this plan a lot. Thank you, Ash, for the question. I'm going to throw to you my touchy. Jimmy, I think, is researching bums. I am. So, do, you want to re- do you want to rephrase that? or <laughs> um, I think that's a dumb idea. Sorry. Yeah, stupid. Let's be, let's move on. The Warriors suck at rugby league. Like seriously, I understand the ramifications trying to bring money and all that other side by. But I think that's the point of the question. That no, I know, I know, I totally it. But I'm just saying, it's silly. I love any freak show event, and and I was most pissed off about New Zealand because they may have robbed me of my last opportunity to watch Quade Cooper pass to Samu Karevi by threatening this Perth test. I like any freak show. Hook it to my veins. Uh, Jim, any thoughts on that? No, mate, not just yet. Can I just ask again, as we're on this platform, Black, are you quite enjoying watching Jim research these? Yeah, you can right see bums flicking on his um his glasses in the background. Yeah, I had to I had to amend the Google search. Was one of those after straight away. Oh. <laughs> um, next question from Cactus Back. Um, I think that's his real name too. Um, likes the look of Darcy Swain. Genuinely thinks a future Wallaby captain. 
Um, and I can tell you from what I know, he, he is that stock. But with all of these locks coming home um, and with potential more locks coming home as we lift the Giddo law, is he a risk of not getting any game time? Does he know now go down under the same uh, remit of incumbent? He's playing well. Um, he's one of the standout performances. Yes, I know he let the try in or did a stupid thing in the last uh, last game. But if he continues to perform at a high level, he has the shirt. He needs to continue on um, in that position. Um, I think the other ones, Matt Phillip and uh, Salah Carlotto, are more under threat long term. I think if you're thinking about um, developing and creating consistency. Um, so that would be my answer, I suppose. Jim? Oh, what was the question again? Sorry. Ah, fuck yeah, I'm pushing on with this one. If Darcy Swain's good enough to be in the team and be captain, he should be the best lock in the country. Yeah. Uh, he's the best lock in the country he's playing. So yeah. it might take an extra two years, but so be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this, this is a point where I know we've had this chat on a WhatsApp conversation before. Um, it, it's that idea that once upon a time, you really had to earn your spot to be in the Wallabies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you came into that internationally ready. And I think the example we used was Foley, um, was one of the last folks that really had to wait his turn to be ready to be in the Wallabies. Now, with the, the absolute dearth of talent that we have, you're straight in and you're learning your craft as a Wallaby. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing with Darcy Swain, Noah CEO, that you no longer need to be at international standard to get picked. You need to be potential to be at international standard. Uh, and it sucks. And I think the only boat we're probably managing well is a Tupo who's fighting in and out of that team till he's right up there at that international standard. Um, so I think Darcy Swain fits that and, and he's, He's the beneficiary of not many locks running around. Fuck, you love that guy, man. I see flaws in his game. Oh. Tupo. Oh, Tupo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, lots of people do. I just I just like natural talents. I think you can coach around the edges. I think he's given too much sway to sort of operate how you want. Because he is a bit of a rogue unit, you know. King of the kids, that style. But the most obvious thing that you can see when you watch a game is a ball carrier. And yes, he's destructive. And I think that's easy to monitor. Uh, and I just think you... scrum is the best in the country and that's your primary job as a tight end. Hmm. He's anyway. not consistent yet, no. but he's, he's working his way towards it. The second part of this question was, if Swain isn't, who, who are you looking at in that squad as a future captain who looks like a leader to you? It's a very good question, man. I, I don't know because... Consistency is very, very important in that position, right? Who has I don't been think cons- there's enough blokes who are in the team regularly enough. That, no, that, yeah, that's the yeah. The only one I would say, and look, and you'll both shout me down from this and say that's a ridiculous call. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. It's someone like a Harry Wilson. Ridiculous. Who's a, yeah, who's probably uh, get down from there. <laughs> yeah, he's been put under pressure by Nicerani, but I, you can see him in the team long term. He seems to have that charisma and, and leadership qualities, but he's too young at the moment. But you think about so like Graham Smith in cricket, he was giving yeah. it young, and there is the potential there. So he'd be the only one, but that's a huge amount of pressure to put on. Put on that, that's where I was going to. I think it's got to be one of these Queensland boys, James O'Connor. I don't know how long he's going to stick around the squad. He's another one worth discussing. It doesn't need to be a four, five, six year job, man. What's wrong with captaining the Wallabies for one year? Um, it, it, it's it's completely plausible. Um, but I like Harry Wilson because he can murder a schooner too. I think um, I think James O'Connor, Al Alatoa, 
the obvious choices, your Matt Tamuas, the obvious leaders who are captains of the huh? rugby club, I don't think any of them are going to be there longer than Hooper. Yeah. And I think it's really I, hard I, to have a front row as a captain when you're only playing 40 minutes too. Exactly. And then I think Andrew Kellaway, I know, was a captain his whole juniors and leading into it. He's played two tests. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't be putting that sort of pressure on him. I don't think there is an incumbent right now, but I do think there are enough older blokes, your slippers, your Alalatoas, your James O'Connors, your Matt Tamua in around the squad who have enough experience to, to shoulder some of the leadership responsibility. Hmm. Um, and it doesn't look like they are at the moment. Uh, next question from Billy Foster. Why are we signing five teams up in the Super Rugby to be obliterated by the Kiwis every weekend? We kind of touched on that already. And we're really here, here. I think he's absolutely nailed it. Uh, oh, follow-up. I'm asking again. I want to know who the biggest bum was in Super Rugby. I'm, I'm going to go with Richard now. And I know people think we're mean, but Marky Mark stunk. He's now got That's Mike Mark Nawakane Tawasi. Yes. Yeah, he was going to be my go-to. I didn't know who Marky Mark was. I was thinking Wahlberg, but now I know who you're talking about, Richard. I'm going him. Uh, sorry, mate. I just realised Wahlberg didn't play. <laughs> no, he didn't, no. Didn't make the team this year. No, nah, but uh, you could pick anyone in Jack that. Wheaton, a good shout. Jack Wheaton. Yeah, but... well, almost Liam and Tom Horton as well, but maybe that's not fair. Hmm. Um, next question from Josh. Moldorf, who would you start at 10 for the next Wallabies test and why is it Quade Cooper? Well, the reason it's Quade Cooper is because how fucking good. That's my answer. Now, uh, now I'm changing it. Now. I'm changing it. I'm changing it from Quade Cooper. I was picking him and I got big cash on him starting in Perth, but I'm changing it because his return must happen at Suncorp, man. He must don the gold at the corp and bring the house down. Um, so he must start it there, anywhere in Queensland, actually. Um, but next, because of that, I'm going to go with Lolisio. But then, Cooper. In all seriousness, if O'Connor's fit, you'd pick him behind Quaid. Um, Richard, what do you reckon? Yeah, Quaid needs to, to stay as far away from the squad as possible. Um, if James O'Connor's fit, then he plays. But I really do but I really want Lalasia to play because I don't think um, you could drop him and I think it would knock his confidence a lot um, after the performance he put in last time, um, even if James O'Connor's fit. Um, so I would pick Lalasia. Um, All right. Next one was why are we bending the knee in New Zealand from Jock? Yep, we've addressed that. They That's can, it. They can beat it. Um, next one's a pretty cool one. If you could bring one All Black over to play for the Wallabies to solve all of our problems, who would it be? Great question. Uh, that is from Dog Yeet Dog. Uh, also, his um, actual name, I know him. Um, so, from Dog Yeet Dog, uh, Richard, my linesman, who would you bring back from the Kiwis to play for the Wallabies? Uh, who would you bring to play for England? I, I would I would choose maybe a, a Adi Savea, maybe uh, get over the game line, dynamic. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't pick it. Their row, as much as they're outstanding and they're definitely not on the downward, I wouldn't pick any of them. I wouldn't pick their front row either. Um, so maybe Savaya. Uh, for England, I would choose Richie Mawanga for his maverick nature at 10. We, have, we don't have that. Um, yeah, so I'd probably choose both of those two. All right, Jim. So we pick in two. All right, I'll okay, pick two. No, no, no. I'm going Cody Taylor as my first. 
someone who can fucking throw a line out in and then run a support line, definitely take their hooker. And then we definitely need some flair in the back line, some consistency. Um, I'm going to go Bowden. Uh, uh, it sounds like a cop out here. I shouldn't have gone last, but I'm exactly the same as Jim. Hooker is first and foremost necessary. Um, and then a 10. We need a, 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 a hooker and a 10. And if I could lucky dip a third, it would be despite you. This will disgust you, Jim. It would be Brody Retallick in the row. Um, <laughs> I think we also lack a little bit in the row. So if I could have three, it would be those three. But I think that's more not that they're the best three all blokes or they're not far off. Wasn't he lock of the year, Brody? We just suck there in those three spots. Um, second question from Dog Yeet Dog. Um, is it worth cutting our losses in Melbourne? Um, in this case, Melbourne and Perth, and focusing on our strengths, two teams in Queensland, Brisbane, two teams in Sydney. Who's Linesman, what do you reckon? Oh, geez. Thanks, thanks hand pass. Uh, no, I think if you want to grow the game, like, and I understand that there's arguments for not you know the it's such a integral part of eastern suburbs of sydney and queensland etc but i just feel like you need to keep uh, the the growth out there in melbourne and, and hope that it that it gets better it's never going to be there but I, I just i don't think you can narrow yourself that much particularly if you want to um, call yourself a team of Austra- you know the australian team so i don't think you need and i don't think you should do that jim um, I think the whole concept of what Richard was saying of grow the game, expand, expand. We've done that for the last five years. 20. Um, not that successful. And to me as a fan, I want to know what it's like if we don't. Uh, is it going to be better? Is it going to be more competitive? Because I feel like we've exhausted this option following this sport for as long as I have. I just want to know if the other way is definitely not the answer at this point. But if you go that way, you're never going back again. You can, if you regress, you can go back. Of course you can go back. I think if you leave Melbourne, you're never going to go back again. They'll be like, you don't reckon? Of course, Richard. I don't think so. The, you go back. Well, no one's going to the games, man. I've seen that. It's just everyone's family. The, the rugby fan in me um, wants all of the teams and wants the game to grow in Australia, and I fully support them. And I know lots of people who listen to this are Force fans, Brummies fans, Rebels fans, uh, and, and none, none of them want to sit there and hear their team should go. From a purely pragmatic point of view, I agree entirely with Jim, mate. The Rebels, there's just their family at the game. It just hasn't grown. Um, and I, I, you could say the same with the Brumbies. Uh, for a team that's had that much success, they don't get a lot of people down there. No, they get don't no get one. Don't get me wrong. Man. To me, they're historic and storied. And, uh, I'll protest on the street if you try and get rid of them. Um, but pragmatically... Um, we're not cutting it there. There's something special about the force at the moment. Um, I think it's Twiggy's cash. <laughs> it's his checkbook. Um, but they are getting a lot of a lot of talent, and they do genuinely seem to get a crowd out there. There seems wouldn't to mind be- them stringing a few wins together, so I can get behind them a bit. That, that would be nice. But there does feel to be a groundswell, and it feels like the rebels' groundswell is is um, is is slowing down. I'm not informed enough, and I know rugby fans would. Don't want to hear the team should be cut, but it's not really working. Yeah. The thing with the force too, man, if, if they have, they've got a COVID breakout in aged care, they can't feel the team. Well, mate, they've got a COVID breakout in aged care in Sydney. They won't feel the team. But... Everyone's young in the TARS, but the, the oh. force team are a bunch of people who've, who've done the hard yards. Oh, you've done an old person joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
But yeah. they've brought it. They've also got a few players in next year. You know, they think that's about what it. I mean. They're building yeah, exactly. You know, was it uh, Rodder and Kunzel and Matele? And there's a few other going over there, I think. Yeah, we'll see how, see how it fares. I wanted to keep playing. I think we just stopped playing New Zealand, and it's not a problem. Um, all right, next one, really quick. Uh, our commentary curse keeps rearing its head from Nick, um, who does the other podcast for Green and Gold. How does it feel to have so much power in world rugby? Whenever I tweet that the Wallabies are coming good, mark it down. We're about to concede 50 points. How does it feel <laughs> to have so much power on our Twitter account? Love it. All right, next one. Thoughts on doing a live podcast during a Wallabies game from Seb? Uh, I'm going to throw to my TMO. He's up there with the technology. What do you think? I'd regret it the next day, that's for sure. <laughs> it wouldn't be a pleasant go because it's it's very heated. It's emotional. We've been Zooming over the Wallaby games um, since lockdown, and it's just like the first 20 minutes is like, oh, ah, oh, and the last 20 is just like, fuck this, man. <laughs> Usually disbanded by that point too. Richard? Um, I, I like my job. I love my job. So I, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I actually love the idea of it. And I think we'd all be professional enough to get our heads around it. I just don't think we're professional enough to be able to sort out the tech to do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's the biggest issue. Uh, I'm going to power through the last few. Next one is from Josh. Would you sacrifice a couple of Super Rugby games to get the NRC back? I'm going to say I would, but I wouldn't watch them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, when from Hugh, when do we need to stop with new backline combinations and players and just start picking and sticking with the backline? When they start playing well enough. <laughs> I like Riddle. this, Richard. Yeah, I like this, Richard, too. That's outstanding. Uh, I, do you think James O'Connor will be first choice fly half next World Cup? No. No, I don't think so either. But yes, I think he will be. You like that? Thanks. Um, this Good. one is directed at you, Jim. What role should the TMO have during the game? One with some some stake. Like I said, I whinged about this two weeks ago. How it's just, hey, we're throwing to you. Hey, mate, this is what I'm seeing, and then I just agree with whatever you say from that point. I want to see a TMO who can disagree with the ref and a professional dialogue ensues. I think they're bound by time constraints, which I agree with too. So it's a hot pot, right? I don't know which way I land on that. But um, but someone who's willing to disagree and be like, nah, man, this is what's happened. Richard? Yeah, I think uh, we should have like a total down in the bottom corner. Like TMO, you're only allowed to interject... Uh, three times a game and you actually have to have a collegial discussion about it i'm joking about the number of times you get i can interject but i do agree with jim in regards to i think it needs to be a collegial discussion rather than just a pat on the back you know i agree with you let's move on i think it needs to that that needs to happen more mine could just be an anger but i'm at the point now where i think they should only and i mean only interject um one two or three whatever rule you want to decide on phases before a try to check a try has been scored. And I'd love one phase. That is it. All professional fouls, ref's got to pick up on the field and they'll deal with it after the game if he didn't. Let's just get the game moving. I'm so over it. And they're always from different countries and they can't understand each other. And I don't know, we can Zoom every week, but somehow they can't get their audio right. They're 100 metres from each other. It does my head in and I'd love to see at least experiment less TMO. Because how much more enjoyable is club rugby without one? 
the language barrier is an issue. I know it's tough to talk about, but when the, the French come around and, and referee a game, like it's 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 an issue. The communication between ref to captain is an issue. Am I wrong there? Yeah, no, it's horrible, mate. It's horrible. It does my head in. And, and you know what? The one thing that pissed me off about that Razzie rant was where he accused of if there was a British, Irish or, or Welsh ref that he wouldn't be professional enough to not be biased. Fuck mm. you, man. Mm. Okay. Yeah, here, here. Um, the, there's a couple, a few last ones, but I think it's sort of very much on the train of um, questions that we've hit along the way. So um, I like that format. That was nice. Mm. That I'm just, I'm minute. just shocked there was no uh, championship manager slash football manager um, questions. I'm a little hurt, actually. You know what? That, one spiked you know, my ears is the uh, the podcast on any sport, Patreon podcast on every other sport other than rugby. Love yeah, the bit, the, the bit that spiked your interest was the Patreon bit. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with Arsenal, Richard? Talk to me about Arsenal. Why are they so bad? I just want to celebrate this moment that they are second bottom of the table and I think they play Man City this this weekend and they'll be bottom of the table. So, you know, uh, it just brings me joy as an avid Spurs fan. But, yeah, they're just just not good enough at the moment. They're just, as always... uh, Because it's not a cash thing, is it? It's the the investment in which they've gone into their plays. It's it's partly cash, let's be honest. A part of it is cash, but they've just made some bad choices over last year where they've spent money on a lot of players, whether it's Torreira, for example. Even I don't think spending 50 million on Ben White is a great decision. Mm. I just think there's a lot of mismanagement there. But Can I ask I- one Premier League finance question? Mm. Did you or did you not create a second manager on Championship Manager, put them at the most expensive club, and buy your worst players for 100 mil and then delete the second no, manager? No, mate. <laughs> Jim? I didn't actually play that game. I remember I came around once to your house and I mean, you made me watch you play it for fucking hours. <laughs> you made him watch you play. <laughs> made him watch football, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's all, Tom. Um, all right. That's well, funny. it was nice chatting. That's a wrap. Anything else to add, boys? Nah, um, look, we'll come back after the next rugby championship game, I imagine. Is that right? I believe so. Um, yeah. I'm going to enjoy the Paralympics between now and then. Very excited. Yeah, absolutely. If you get a chance, by the way, um, if you don't know who Alfonso Davis is, he's a Bayern Munich player, also Canadian, um, and he wrote a fantastic piece about the refugee Paralympic team. So on Twitter, have a read of it. Awesome. That sounds brilliant. Yeah, why don't you share it or reshare it from the um, rugby one? Did you send that to me, Richard? Uh, no, but I can do. Maybe someone else must have sent it to me because I have seen it floating around somewhere. Now that's awesome. Um, all right, boys. Nice to nice to chat. Get the band back together. All right. No, catch up. All right. Catch you, boys.